The NHL season is heating up, and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether whether you're looking to hammer an Austin Matthews anytime goal or ride the puck line with the Montreal Canadiens, our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sports books available in Canada, Botano. Botano is home to some of Canada's best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is scan that QR code on your screen or click the link in the description to register and place that first bet. If you thought the Vancouver Canucks have been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Botano. Don't walk, run to check out Botano today. Scan that QR code or hit the link in the description to get started and start sweating your bets with the best. Always remember to bet responsibly and within your means. Viewers must be 19 plus to sign up for Botano. Okay, it was... uh... It was a game tonight in which the Calgary Flames played. As you can hear, my dog, she's just she's just going crazy right now uh, with how much she enjoyed that game. But uh, yeah, I figured I'd uh, I figured I'd introduce our guest today before we get any further. Um, you know him from TikTok. You know him from Twitter. You, I'm sure you've roasted him in some capacity <laughs> in one of the uh, one of the one of the graphics he's put out about your favorite player or your favorite team. Uh, welcome, my pal Ma- Mike Bartner. How you doing, buddy? I know you're I'm happy, doing, but yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Haven't haven't felt this feeling of an Islanders win in quite a long time. It's been almost like two weeks at this point. Two and zero on game over thus far. Obviously, went on Winnipeg and the Islanders won that game as well. So I need to keep on coming on these shows. Yeah, um, no kidding. Start going on a heater, but I'm really excited to hop in to, uh, and talk about this pretty interesting and pretty wild game for the most part. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, and you and I were talking about it a little bit before we uh, before we hit live, but. Yeah, just one of those games like for me, like start like starting from the beginning, if you take this game like from a flame standpoint, if you took this game and gave it a score or judged the winner based on like a boxing match three rounds, or I guess it would be like technically five rounds in this case because it went to yeah. a shootout. Um, you know, the the Flames probably win the first period. I'd give the I'd give the Islanders the second period, then it's probably a split in the third. The Flames really picked it up near the end and then overtime was goddamn flame central just Mm -hmm. nonstop. it's a it's it's a sin that the calgary flames did not score a goal to win the hockey game in overtime but instead they 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 take it to a shootout and uh, obviously a tough loss but if you were to judge it on a boxing match pretty even for the most part um but the flames just uh, just just continue to struggle to not play that full 60 that 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 old hockey cliche of uh, of of not playing a full 60 but from an Isles standpoint before we get too far into how the flames were obviously coming into this one a pretty big uh, pretty big skid there from the islanders and um they they finally put a put a rest to that yeah, yeah, and it wasn't just like they were getting blown out every single game. It was a lot of get up 2-1, get up 3-2, and just collapse in the third period. Uh, I, they, they said it at the MSG broadcast that coming into this game on this seven-game skid, they were getting outscored in the third period, which we'll get into, 16-4. to four. So they were just like collapsing in the third period. Obviously, they did hold on to it in terms of this game. It got definitely dicey. They were up 3-1, end up going overtime, going to the shootout, but... It, it, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty standard Islanders hockey. They really grinded it out, and yeah, I'm excited to dive into into everything in this game. Grinded it out. You talked about boring hockey before we we hopped on. Not much of a secret there over on Long Island, but uh, from a from a Flames standpoint, few things uh, really stand out to me. 
uh, as some as some bright spots. I don't want to be too negative. Flames fans in here know how I get when the Flames start losing. They call it the Audi curse um, or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Whenever I host these shows, the Flames tend to lose. Um, so I talk a lot of negative, as you can see by the old. Hold on. I don't know if you've seen this yet. <laughs> My old missing sign, but we can actually I think, start. I, I think I think I saw you tweet that out. One we time. can actually yeah. start scratching some names off this list. Cadre um, started playing good. That, that's 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 all good. That's a good segue into uh, what I was going to talk about the uh, um, the almost guaranteed Islander in the offseason, Nazem Kadri. <laughs> I can't believe that. Eh? Like I actually was thinking about that watching this game. I'm like, I got to talk to Mike about that 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 narrative that it was like a done deal he, yeah. he just had to sign the contract or he was pending a physical or some shit like that um before we go any further let's just like what what were your takes on that in the offseason that was that was kind of a wild time um i i was always like if they could get him on like a four to five year deal i'd definitely be for it seven six seven years what was he 32 when he signed yeah i wasn't like i wasn't like heartbroken say maybe when goudreau ended up signing which obviously that now looks kind of like a debacle or obviously when they missed out on panarin or even like gabriel Landeskog. the nazim Kadri, we've been through this a ton it happened with Landeskog. it happened with panarin and happened with goudreau so like the Kadri missing out on a 32 year old clearly off a career year that's not going to replicate that 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 one was like oh it, 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 it just would have been another pretty long into into their late 30s contract that we avoided so i wasn't too heartbroken over that obviously the islanders could use a guy like nazim kadri right now in terms of balancing out their scoring but that 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 that's not the one that i lose sleep over there's definitely other ones that was, that that have hurt more it was it was definitely a funny time because it was like a sure thing like i can't remember it must have been i think it was pegnata or whoever was like yeah it's happening blah 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 and i'm like yeah he, okay he, he, he <laughs> He was like every tweet for like a month after that was Islanders fans being like, you're a fraud like, yeah. go, like going after him nonstop. Are like, are you sure about that? David with like the screenshot. Of yeah. Like, oh, now country's a lot. To him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. Islanders fans do not like David. Panada. That's that. That, That's that, so that, that has not changed at all. That's so funny. I, anyway, before we got into it, I had to ask you about that, but it's good segue. Cause one of the shining spots tonight for Calgary, at least, um, and I think a lot of fans and a lot of people watching would agree that one of the glaringly obvious shining spots in the Flames offense and, you know, their play as a whole has been the Kadri, Pospisil, and Connor Zeri line, yes. which, you know, it took Kadri a little bit to to get going. Uh, this was this was a time here where Nazem <laughs> Kadri was not playing his best hockey. The Flames weren't playing, and they still aren't playing their best hockey. Um but ever since the recall of of, of Pospisil and Connor Zary and this whole kind of, um, you know, he's leading the youth on this line. And the youth, you talk about how Pospisil and Connor Zary have played. Pospisil gets on the board. Zary gets a couple, yeah. uh, one or two points tonight. Um, and, you know, they're really playing well and playing as, a, as great as a unit with Nazem Kadri. Just kind of wanted to get your outside take on uh on how that line performed tonight and kind of what you think about uh, about those three yeah just overall i thought that was by far their most dangerous line obviously that one goal kadri kind of reading it the right way to throw it off the boards leading possible so goals. nasty like, yeah just just, oh. just because romanov was kind of caught flat-footed on that and just in general hospitals hospitals are gonna beat him mo most times so looking yeah. at that one play that was great and just yeah they 
They had a ton of skill, a ton of speed off the rush, getting into the zone, creating chances all night. That was like whenever they were on the ice, I was I was definitely the most scared compared to what I saw like Huberto or back on the ice. I was that scared. But yeah, I think I, I think that 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 line was really humming for Calgary tonight and, and honestly impressed me as someone that didn't really know much about Matt Pospital. And obviously Zari has been great when, once he got called up, what is he like seven points in seven games now? But yeah, I, I wasn't really expecting that line to absolutely cook, but they, they looked really good. Oh, they've been cooking. They've been cooking. And it's something flames fans. I know I'm, I'm sure, you know, as obviously someone who covers the league on a very broad basis, aside from your, your Islanders, uh, fandom, um, something that flames fans have been clamoring for is to play the youth. So it's nice to see yeah. the youth injection in the lineup not seeing fourth lines consisting of, you know, Trevor Lewis, not going to say, <laughs> not going to say the other guy's name just for obvious reasons of what went down with him today. Um, yeah. But, but just bums on the fourth line and bums plugging in spots where, yeah, where, where some youth can be exactly stealing. St- the way I looked at it last year with some of those fourth line bums and even like, like they had some of these guys playing in the top six for whatever goddamn reason. When I'm at my job, and I'm not doing my job. They, the HR calls that time theft. More, nope. you know, it's not just minute theft from 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 young guys who could prosper, but it's mm. also it's also a lot of time theft and, and just <laughs> stealing money from your employer. But we're in a, we're in a different boat right now with the Calgary Flames, and um, and obviously, you know, y- you saw it. A lot of people saw it. The Kadrizari Pospisil thing was uh, was a lot of fun to watch. And that first period was was mostly dominated by that line uh in terms of the Calgary Flames but um you know another one an, another player that I think kind of stood out tonight for the Flames um was Mackenzie Weger who just kind of was dominant in in every single zone um gets on the score sheet just just like firing pucks like crazy I think he's got like four goals in his last or four goals in 17 games which is which is pretty nice but uh Obviously, you know, you watched the game tonight. What did you think of uh, what do you think of our boy Weger on the back end there? Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, I've I've been aware. I've watched a ton, just dominated <laughs> in terms of defensively. Oh, but yeah. he just really he really he really controlled the blue line today, really plays played with a lot of poise and just setting it up, setting the tone for that offense once they set up in the zone. And it it was it was really impressive. I mean Mackenzie Weger is everybody knows Mackenzie Weger is a stud, but yeah, just just getting to watch him for a full sixty tonight really really solidified him as a legit top pair, probably like top thirty defenseman in the league for me. Yeah, no, I I would agree. He, well, I mean, I I don't know if I saw your list of of ranked defensemen, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure <laughs> go, I'm, go, I'm sure if you re ranked them, yeah, that uh, Mackenzie Weger would be up there for sure. Um, for those watching live, uh, sorry to people listening on playback, you can't ask questions. Uh, if you're watching live, just save your questions for the end. I forgot to do my housekeeping before we started. We're going to hit the press conference at the end of the episode. If you got questions for myself, if you got questions for Mike, we can talk about them. Uh, they could be Islanders related. They could be uh, Flames related. They could be whatever you want to talk about. You can you can ask questions, uh, including uh, uh, Mike's soon-to-be infinity gauntlet of game over appearances. If you, if, if you need reference to that, check out the thumbnail. I told you. By the way, you sent me that picture, and I told you damn well. I gave you forewarning <laughs> that I was going to use it. Of course. It's it's an elite edit. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that you didn't give me any shit for it because oh. I was going to be – I was gonna, I was ready. I was going to go back in the conversation. Yeah. I was going to screenshot it and be like, 
Man, I told you. I gave you forewarning before the season even no, started. No, I, 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 yeah, I made it. I fully <laughs> had to change my face to make it purple. I, I went I went all out. My my Photoshop skills were on full display on that, so I'm happy. I, I kind of forgot about it. Like when I saw it, I like, zoomed in. I was like, what is that? Like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, we got two more. How many? Yeah, five more to go. Five more Canadian. Yeah, you, you, you got to make your way around. I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure we could make that happen. Um Moving into the second period in tonight's game, it was heavily. I don't want to like. I don't know what. What was your take? Was it heavily dominated by the Islanders, or was it kind of dominated by them? But also the Flames took their foot off the gas, like they usually do when they have a lead. Like, how did you read that second period? Because the Flames yeah, did not think, play very well. First I think I, I I think for the most part, yeah, it was, it was played in the Flames' defensive zone. For the most part, Islanders did a pretty good job at setting up shop there. I wouldn't say like the Islanders were murdering them with high no. danger chances. No, I don't it was, think it was so either. Cycling around looking for something, ended up Dobson slap shot at the blue line that misses the net or something like that. But it it, it was definitely encouraging from the Islanders in terms of responding. Obviously, being down in that game coming off seven straight winless so have, having that fight really really impressed me in that and overall at the islanders really the best line showed up today in terms of the brock nelson pierre engvall caught kyle palmary line it's been the best line without a doubt since the horvat trade since the lines got shuffled they they really just dominate possession and just have so much chemistry with each other so they, they were really flying today and a main reason why we were able to put up what four goals which is pretty rarity for this team so in terms of the second period they really brought their a game and the team as a whole kind of performed above expectations yeah and i think that if you look at one of the biggest flaws for the flames in that second period too was getting onto the power play and then immediately taking a penalty yeah, like they had two the jonathan huberdo on yeah, yeah the huberdo one and then i think it was was it hannafin at the end of the period yeah hannafin it yeah. was uh it, i can't remember what the original penalty was but then i think he slashed I can't even remember who, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're doing yeah. this again. Um, yeah, the, the, the Huberto one was insane, just smacking him in the face when he's, he's yeah. like playing the puck, and it's like, it was like four seconds in. I was like, I, our penalty kill has been god-awful this year. I think it's like, it might be it up was, to like 69% now this year, instead of, and right now it's nice. like 64 after this game. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't intentional, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like our penalty kill has been horrible. So when obviously you could get out of penalties within the first couple seconds or first 30 seconds because of the other team, that, that that's how you gain momentum with your penalty kill going forward for the rest of the year. It kills a kill. <laughs> that's how they that's how they just <laughs> counter it. Yeah, they don't even they yeah. don't even they don't even kill penalties anymore. They get like well, I guess they get like a four they're second kill. They're yeah, they're gonna get a four <laughs> second kill. Then they're gonna just start looking for uh like ways to to get a call against the other team. But yeah, they were talking about it on the on the broadcast. Like we were obviously we watch hockey in Canada opposed to you guys. Um, but Kelly Rudy or sorry Kelly Rudy wasn't even on the call tonight. Uh, Greg Millen was talking about. Uh, just how horrendous the Islanders' penalty kill has been, and I f like I didn't want to bring it up, but I'm glad you brought it up because I'm not trying to throw salt in the wound because like I cover the Flames and they're fucking dog yeah. shit this year, but um, yeah, that was that was rough, and and but they, they they ended up getting out of it due to the Flames, um, and then another another thing from the Flames side of things was just a pretty I don't want to say piss poor game. But at least a piss poor second period from uh, Rasmus Anderson, an uncharacteristic period for him. Um, that Barzal goal, I think it was, was it Barzal Horrible. who scored that yeah. one? 
Yeah, yeah, that was right after the Huberto, yeah, penalty four on yeah, four. Yeah, right? yep. yeah, because yeah, they scored that four on four, and just a fucking abysmal turnover, abysmal. Like, yeah, like I don't even know what he was trying to do, and and they said it on the broadcaster, like I don't even know what the mindset was there to try to no clear sense. the was, puck. Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, I, 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 I was genuinely. I thought like in the moment, I thought it just got like deflected, like it wasn't, but it was clear, like he just sweeped it up top right yeah. from Matt Marzell, and then obviously he rifled it home. There was a similar thing for the Islanders. Was that what led to the first penalty in terms of Ryan Polak? Like, exiting it, he passed it right to Backlund, then Backlund, like, split him and Romanov, and then they drew the penalties. Like, it was I think pretty so. funny. I, yeah, kind of came full not, circle. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Islanders didn't get punished for that. Flames ended up, obviously, Matt Barzell went out to score that. But, yeah, two, two very just mind-boggling players for the most part that like had had my head scratching for the most part which is crazy to me like because the first period the flames in their own end like i wrote down in my notes and i think they even talked about it briefly on the broadcast near the end of the period was just how good the flames were at breaking out of their own like and it's something that the flames haven't been good at all year is their breakout has been not stellar but Mm -hmm. breaking out of their own end and their transition from the neutral zone into the offensive zone was fast as fuck yeah and clean like it, it it looked really really good and to see that kind of just fall by the wayside in the second period and the islanders obviously capitalizing on that yeah yeah like first period i was like how how do the flames have the record that they have in general like i know why the islanders have the record they have in general <laughs> they just fall apart at every single game i was like this flames team it's i i, I gotta watch the board this it's the, the record isn't matching up with the eye test but definitely in the second period you started to see some of the warts kind of come out for them in terms of just unnecessary unforced turnovers and just confusing plays and, th- and that obviously helps lead them to sloppy. allowing four goals and islanders winning sloppy sloppy is the best way to put it it was it, like i was fully prepared to come on and talk about this game had the flames won and and talk about it as as if it was a sloppy just a sloppy win just like a yeah. um like it would have been a really good road win if they were, yeah. if they were the road team. It would have been yeah. a real good road win because it was just sloppy and kind of all over the place in that second period. And even to start the third, like it was not stellar. They start the third on on the uh, on the penalty kill, and then Palmieri or sorry, that was the second period. Um, the Flames yeah, end Palmieri up. Palmieri gets the rebound, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the second period, the first goal of the second period. There, I think, just after the penalty. Because I don't think it was a power play goal. Either way, um, into the third period, they kind of started a little sloppy. Then it was, yet again, another stellar shift from the Zari Pospisil and uh, mm-hmm. and Kadri line, leading to that what we thought was Pospisil's second goal, but it was actually just a nuke from the blue line at uh, off the tape of uh, Uyghur. And I think, I don't remember which defender it hit in front, but I think it deflected off of an Islander and went in. Um, but then 20 seconds later, flames foot off the gas, another sloppy play in the neutral zone, another sloppy, just like not great play in general. And, uh, and Brock Nelson scores it. It was, it was actually a pretty piss poor clearing attempt there by Nikita Zadorov, the yeah. man who so badly wants out of Calgary that he's, <laughs> he's actually stopped playing hockey for the Calgary flames. He's it's crazy, it. Mike. He's, he's t- He's taking the trade value. He, Buddy, he really wants that. You guys are going to get like a third round pick in like a couple weeks after uh, he's just god awful. Buddy literally um, requested a trade and has just been dog water. Like he yeah. has not been good since requesting a trade. And and 
I've seen some fans online saying somebody actually replied to one of my tweets today and was like, Oh, this is on Craig Conroy for not trading him by now. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. It's like to which I reply. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it, it's been a, first of all, it's been a week since he's requested the trade. It was, it was a yeah. week tonight that myself, Rachel Dory and, um, and Lauren from game over Toronto actually broke the tweet live on game over that he requested the trade. <laughs> that must have been nuts. I know it was crazy. It was crazy. Mm. I'm like refreshing Twitter. I'm like, guys, stop. There's been a trade request. <laughs> Um, it's a week to the day that it happened. Uh, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know about you, but as a, as, as a fan or as someone who consumes the product and, and, and follows and is invested as they are, I think I would probably lose a little bit of respect for Craig Conroy if he felt handcuffed by a GM or a, a, yeah. a, by an agent for putting out a trade request and just pulling the trigger on some bullshit trade instead of exploring. Like at first it was just, Toronto that was interested then then Vancouver came out of the woodworks now it's apparently New Jersey and I can't remember who Dallas like if you the the, the more teams that have interest the the more yeah. likelihood of a bidding war and the better your return um I don't know what do you are you in the same boat and something like that yeah yeah my, my whole thing with that was it, was it was pretty immature by the agent just to release that put Zadorov in that we are gold star flames yeah, but, but yeah, Milstein doing that was 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 kind of just like I, I I was just I was shocked because it was of course it was like twelve games in and the Flames did start off very slow but like the season's not over and obviously the trade deadline's so far away that mm. it, I I don't know what the goal was like that night I remember people were like oh like like uh, Brad Living, make sure he doesn't get on the plane. Back yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, what are you talking like, No, a trade's not going to come out of nowhere in like under an hour after. Hearing that like, Nikita Zadorov is staying in yes, Toronto tonight. Yes, he's he's booked an extra hotel. Pick. Yeah, he's he's not leaving. He's not <laughs> leaving, but I uh, refuse to get on the plane. Yeah, I, I, just, I thought it was crazy. I mean, I like he's going to get traded. We all know that, but just let the process play out. It's not like he, it's not like if they didn't go out publicly and say this, like, they just weren't going to trade him at the deadline if they were out of the playoffs. Like it, it, it was going to happen. It was, it was a well-known secret for the most part that he was probably going to get moved as an expiring guy. So yeah, that that whole situation. Craig Conroy was right to just to just relax. Some of the teams obviously want a guy like Nikita Zorov, so they're going to come out of the woodworks. Maybe it slightly hurts the trade value, but I I don't think I don't think it's going to be drastic. Honestly, yeah, honestly, honestly, it could help. You trade him now, can compare it to the deadline. You get him for a full sixty-five games instead of just thirty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I think the Flames should weigh their options. Probably should trade him in the next month or so, for the most part, just so it can doesn't continue to drag out. But drag out and and just, the noise, you know, like that's yeah. something that Michael Backlund apparently spoke to the room about. Like let's 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 put an end to the noise. Yeah, like too much attention. <laughs> Yeah, take t- take the next couple of weeks, and then yeah, I assume he's not gonna go off where like the, tr- the trade value is gonna drastically increase, Mm-mm. but it's also not gonna drastically decrease. So just get it done in the next couple of weeks, and then and then move on. If he doesn't want to be in Calgary, see you later. Hasta la vista. Thank, thank you for your service. That's thank you right. For your service. That's right. Now I kind of wanted to ask you. Um, by the way, if you're watching live, get some questions in. We'll start filtering through and and get and hit the presser pretty soon. Um, but I wanted to ask you from an outside perspective, again, as someone who covers and, and knows a lot about the league anyways, uh, you're not just one of those people who knows about their team, which is great. Um, the Flames and their direction. What, what, what do you see 
in in terms of this team and and what kind of path they should take because I know how I feel. I know how Flames fans feel. I think it's refreshing to have guests from out of market like we do on this show come in and kind of give us a sense of, okay, calm down or, you know what, maybe you guys aren't so crazy after all. Because the temperature, for the most part, for Flames fans is, you know, sell, sell, sell. It's it's the end of the world as we know it. Tank, slacking for Macklin, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, how do you see it for the Flames from uh, from your vantage point? Yeah, I, I don't. They're definitely not an ideal spot by any standards. But I was asked the other day when I did a Q and I at Q and A, who has like the worst future, the Islanders and the Flames, and it's by far the Islanders because they have basically every single player signed long term. Calgary has this kind of inflection point to decide to sell, this kind of point where they can get a decent amount of assets to kind of restart and retool a little bit. Obviously not moving off the Huberto deal. You're not moving off the Kadri deal. You're just going to have to, those are going to be your mentors for that next generation. But in terms of trading Tanev, trading Zadorov, trading Lindholm, probably Hannafin, like if they, if they trade them all, they're going to have a nice, nice little potential retool. I don't think it's going to have to be like a full, full rebuild. Maybe just two, three years of, being low, low for the most part in the standards, let some of that term come off the Huberto, come off the Kadri. Mark Schmoli has what, like three years left. Think, so yeah. in looking at that, I, I, I think I think they're fine. It's it's definitely going to stink for the next two to three years, but I I don't think this is a nuclear reset button. We already see Zari, uh, Coronado should be good. Like they had they have a decent amount of pieces already. Next two to three years, if you can get first round picks for Hannafin, Lindholm, you can have a good core. In 20, if we're talking in November of 2025, I think the Flames can be have a pretty bright future and be on the way. Obviously, if the ping pong ball is going the right way and they get Mac and Celebrini, it, it immediately turns into like a great future, in my opinion, having that one core piece. But I, 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 I would not be in panic mode if I was the Calgary Flames. There's there's some teams in, in worse spots, obviously myself. But <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and I think that that's refreshing for fans to hear because there's. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think it's going to be as bleak as people think. Like, it's not the dark ages of, of the Calgary yeah. Flames. And we've seen teams do it before where, you know, you sell off your pending UFAs, you restock the cupboards that have been kind of bare for a little bit. You know, they haven't they haven't had a top talent and out of the – like, Johnny Gaudreau was a fourth-round pick. I'm talking, like, they haven't picked, you know – Matthew that Kachuk high, yeah. is 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 like the high Matthew Kachuk or Sam Bennett, I can't remember. Sam Bennett he, was fourth. I think, yeah, so it was Kachuk like was sixth. Yeah, yeah. So Bennett was the highest draft pick in Calgary Flames history, but they've never had That's that crazy. guy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, the Islanders have had their fair share of first overall. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I know, but <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, yeah. With with them, like. It, it could have been Islanders bad if they signed the Hannafin extensions and the Lindholm extensions, like in the off season or like the first couple weeks, obviously it's been reported like Conroy has kind of taken them, take those offers off of the table. That would have been really bad if they had Hannafin and Lindholm who are, who are good players, but if at like 28, 29, if they were locked in for the next seven years, then you'd be in the spot where like you, you kind of have to continue to win if you have six or seven key guys signed long-term like the Islanders. So like the fact they avoided that, means that they do have this this off-ramp to go through this rebuild and retool compared to just mid-forever. Yeah, mid-forever has kind of... Well, the, that's kind of where the Flames have been for the last, like, better part of 
since they won the Stanley Cup in 1989. <laughs> <in> <laughs> yeah. Just perpetual yeah. mediocrity as as the fan base likes to likes to call it. Um obviously the 04 run, but aside from that it's been pretty mid and that's, you know, there's no better time to break that cycle in my opinion than right now when yeah. you have the opportunity to cash in on guys who you know will net you some pretty positive future assets. Um and we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's a different leader at the helm this year or this time in Calgary. Uh, is is ownership going to buy in on a slight retool? We know Brad Living was yeah, handcuffed that's... here, and you know he, his 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 uh, his directive was to continue to stay competitive, and he tried to do what he could in that regard. But obviously, it just led to more mediocrity, and and as you know, as the kids call it these days, uh, being mid. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 that's the one thing that could stake if like if like they have to go through this rebuild and even when they open the new arena, they're still pretty bad. Oh, I, I know. Ownership, ownership would not love that. When's no. the new arena? It's like 2026? 2026, I believe. Yeah, it's right, by 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 then they'll they'll be hopefully competitive. Yeah, again. maybe a year or two are stinking. I I could see from that angle why where the ownership would want to stay competitive for for forever and just keep the building somewhat full. It's not Toronto or Montreal where you can go through like a five-year rebuild and it it doesn't really matter. It still sells out. Ticket prices are still up the wazoo. But it, it, it's so obviously the right move in terms of if they want to end up going back and winning a Stanley Cup like they once did back in the 80s. Yeah. So in looking at that, the, the, the clear path is – not a nuclear rebuild, but definitely some years of stinking it up and getting high picks. Yeah, I don't think it's got to be a nuke either, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Okay, let's get some press conference questions in. we got a couple good ones so far that I'll read off. Uh, they're actually, there's one that's directed to you that's pretty good. Um, okay, but we'll okay. get to that one. We'll get to that one after. Um, shout out to left-handed penman. He says, don't throw it to me. I've just been rambling. I've seen your, your, your uh, messages in the chat. Appreciate you being here as always. It's good to hear from you again. Um, this one's from Conrad. When does Dan Vladar get traded to the LA Kings? And it's an interesting question because I believe their director of goaltending or one of their goaltending scouts has been in Calgary twice in the last like two weeks to scout. Really? Except one was a Vladar start, the other was a Markstrom. Obviously, it, it's more than likely Vladar, not <laughs> not Markstrom. I, I don't. Yeah, unless they really want to just bring that that kind of money in, but I don't yeah. really think that's that's in the cards whatsoever. Um, interesting question because you know when there was a there was goaltending conundrums in the offseason leading into the preseason with teams like Tampa and teams like Colorado who suffered some goalie injuries and you know Flames fans at the time were licking their chops like that's Dan Vladar music right there <laughs> and there's this guy knocking on the door in the farm system I, yeah. I, I don't know well, if you heard of him yeah. Dustin Wolf who's <laughs> I think he's uh, a couple of AHL goalies yeah he's been, be he's been just okay <laughs> yeah. but uh this yeah. guy knocking on the door it was it was Dan Vladar's music but now obviously uh that that didn't transpire the way they thought it would but do you think there's still interest in Dan Vladar from teams out there right now yeah I think I think there's definitely interest of him kind of coming in and being either one B or a backup LA is definitely an interesting scenario because Cam Talbot is playing so great so yeah that would definitely be the backup role Phoenix Copley hasn't looked as good as he did last year so that's definitely interesting but overall Dan Vladar 
would be would take the backup role over definitely half the teams in the NHL. So I think the Flames should actively be shopping him, and I think there's there's definitely going to be interesting uh, interest in him. I don't know about like a month in if a team's ready to pull a trigger yeah. on that, but maybe after an injury or something like that, I could definitely see Dan Vladar get moved. But yeah, I, I would expect by the trade deadline that he ends up getting traded. I think that it's going to be you know by the time we get to the deadline, it's going to be we're going to be looking at this team and saying whoa. Where we were in in October to where we are yeah. now is looking a little different. So uh, I think the up. yeah, <laughs> and as they should, they're the best team in the AHL right now. Yeah. Um, they've been nasty, <laughs> a dynasty since moving to Calgary. <laughs> from this, from the all due respect to anybody watching who's from Stockton, but I have not heard anything good about <laughs> Stockton, California. Uh, I heard some absolute horror stories from people. Yeah, who that's, were down that's there. crazy. Yeah, that place I, I, is, I don't know. I don't know how they they stayed there. Like they're, they're like, the fans were told not to wear their red jerseys because of gang <laughs> affiliations down there. Yeah, and that that doesn't scare the shit out of you to not go to a game. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what does. <laughs> um, okay, so this one's for you, uh, from our boy James Johnson. He says Oliver Wallstrom is a guy who hasn't fit in with the Islanders except for this shootout. What would he bring? Sorry, what would he bring as a potential trade return for one of the Flames defensemen? Ooh, I'm low on Oliver Wallstrom. I've kind of given up on him for the most part, I'll be honest. Can he turn it around if he's given big minutes in in Calgary after they trade their forwards? It's definitely possible. But yeah, he, he gets praised for having this great shot. He has only one goal in the year. He had like five and 35 last year. Uh, if I'm a Flames fan, I, I'm I'm not salivating for an Oliver Wallstrom trade. I think he's definitely a throw-in in that potential defenseman deal. But at this point, I think his value is genuinely like a like a third-round pick. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know if he's worth the second-round pick at this point for a team like Calgary. It's gonna enter a little bit of a retool because he's 23 years old. Like, yeah, not I was saying just that's, looking that. Not up, saying I that's didn't... ancient. Yeah, but like he should be. If he panned out, he should be going for 30 and 30 right now as we speak. That was the expectation. So I, I think I think Walsham is a good is a good guy if you end up trading Lindholm and a couple other guys. Well, I guess you're trading mainly defensemen, but he he would definitely slot into your bottom six and maybe you can find something. But yeah, he he never really got that drive and that determination. And obviously the goal scoring hasn't really came. And if you're not scoring goals and you're not playing good defense and you're not trying your hardest. You're not cracking the lineup, and especially on a team like Islanders that are built on grit. So yeah, I've been I, I've I've been pretty disappointing at a guy like Oliver Wallstrom overall his Islanders experience thus far, and the fan base as a whole is kind of obviously tonight was like good for him. Like hopefully he gets the confidence going, but it's 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 been pretty disappointing. Yeah, and left-handed penman brings up, uh, he says, "Oh God." He sounds exactly like Igor Sharangovich. Yeah. And I'm just looking at it like Igor is two years older than him, uh, but very similar. They're very, they, they look to be very similar players uh, in, in the sense that like, they're almost like, they're also almost like, it's crazy. They're like the exact same build. It's, it's, I'm just yeah. looking at their, like just year after year stats and stuff like that. But they're, but like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like like are are the are the Islanders even in a spot to like try to trade for one of the Flames defensemen anyways like um I obviously it would be an upgrade over Aho yeah. or Mayfield at this point 
granted Mayfield has seven years left on his contract. So. <laughs> but but it, 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 it would definitely be an upgrade over Aho. So like definitely look into it. I I personally, if we're not in a playoff spot and Lou ends up trading a first round pick for like to try to go all in, I might actually like do some bad things. But um, when looking at that, like I I hope I hope they don't go all in. But yeah, I I, I could definitely see if the Islanders are in the mix. Getting one of those defensemen definitely would be an upgrade for them. Would they throw in a guy like Wallstrom? Sure. At this point, I honestly don't know. You can just bring up someone from Bridgeport, and it really wouldn't be that big of a difference. Yeah, the Flames are notorious for uh, for having such good trades with the New York Islanders. I'll take you back to one where the Calgary Flames acquired one Travis Hamanick, um yeah. in exchange for a first-round pick and two second-round <laughs> picks. And I don't recall who those picks were. Second round pick was Ruslan Ishikov. He's still in the AHL developing. I forget who the other second round. We pick have was. to find this out because I'm obviously not, the I'm... first round pick is the only thing that matters. I, I who it was might be Alturatu? Remember... I could be wrong. Was no. it? No, 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 no I think no, no, it was. No, no. It was before that draft. Yeah, it was, it was, it was 20... way before 2017, yeah, it was wasn't 20... it? Or 2018. I forget. I yeah, can't no, no, remember. Uh, okay, yeah. Travis Hamanick. Oh my god! No, no, the Aturatu. The pick was originally because I did the Oilers video the other day. The Aturatu pick was actually the Andreas Athanasiu trade. It ended up being the Aturatu pick that the Oilers ended up giving away for like nine games of it. Yeah, that, that's a different story. That's a different so, story. If you, bad Oilers trade. I'm sure the Calgary <laughs> people want to hear that. Want to get to hear that rehashed. So yeah, so that yeah, they uh, they they at this point there's not much to clamor about here in Flamesland. So uh, it was Travis Hamanick and a fourth, which ended up being Lucas Fiuk. Lucas Fuke. Oh yeah, I know him. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in in exchange for a 2018 first, which ended up being the 12th overall pick, in which the Islanders selected Noah Dobson. Uh, a 2018 second, uh, Ishikov, you're correct, and a 2019 second, which was Samuel Bolduk. Bolduke? Oh, yeah, but yeah, Bol- Bolduke has played a couple. He's played, he's played sp- sparring in the NHL. He's definitely not like an NHL regular, but he's that AHL defenseman that comes in whenever someone gets hurt. It's like he's been, I think he has probably like 60, 70 NHL games on his roster, but nothing's bad. Obviously, Noah Dobson is, is the only player that really matters in that, and that obviously has worked out. He's, he's so really breaking out. Let's, this year. Let, let's not let history repeat itself and maybe. Uh, maybe you guys can swindle Brad over uh, a, a Leafs trade or something instead of trying to get uh, Craig Conroy to uh, yeah. to follow in the <laughs> footsteps of Brad for living. Um, that's gonna do it. Let's 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 close it there. Uh, thanks for the questions for the press conference. Obviously, this was a game that I was looking forward to. I'm, I'm glad we got to finally chop it up and uh, and talk shop together. This has been a a long time in the making. When I got the schedule, I was like. Do I get Mike gotta on get for the it. Islanders yeah. game? Or, and then I threw it up in the group chat. And of course, everybody was like, yeah, you got to get him. You got to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is great. Thank you for your time. Uh, I I, I, I want to do this again. I don't even know Definitely. if I have the next Islanders game. But if I do, we'll have to chop it up again and see uh, how many people we talked about tonight for the Calgary Flames are actually still Calgary Flames at that point. Um Obviously, <laughs> yeah. a lot can change between now and then. But uh, what won't change is where people can find you and what you're up to. Uh, so if you want to uh, take take the take the floor and tell everybody where they can find you and what kind of cool things you're doing. Yeah, man. Uh, 
TikTok, in Instagram, MB on hockey. And then in terms of Twitter, just at Mike Bartner, YouTube, Mike Bartner as well. Starting to post like kind of daily on YouTube. That, that, that's the next expansion of the uh, MB on hockey empire. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Fantastic, fantastic time. We got to do this again. Of course. And yeah, love, love me some SDPN. Sports are fun. Well- well, yeah, they are fun. Hey, I see what you did there. This guy did his homework. He knows where he's at. Um, we'll have to make sure you, you know. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll put the, I'll plant the seed with the other shows that you haven't been on, and we'll, yeah. we'll go from there and see if we can. I'll we start can... following people on Twitter today. Yeah. Just start cold calling yeah. people and be like, hey, so I've hey, been on two. You love your work, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, everybody who's watching, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening on playback, appreciate you as well. Uh, be sure to like, listen, guys, subscribe. That's important. We got to get some, got to get views into, into subscriptions. Look at, do you want, do you want to see the, the, the cool thing that I'm going to have when SDPN hits a hundred thousand? We're at like 95, just over 95,000 subs right now. Uh, let's translate that into a hundred thousand. And I'm going to, I've got something fun planned for a hundred K for SDPN. So, so you're going to want to see it here, uh, when that, when that happens and, um, yeah. So like subscribe comments, been lots of great comments so far. If you're listening on playback, be sure to rate us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, this was a Calgary flames loss in a shootout to the New York Islanders five to four at the Scotiabank saddle. Though my name is Audie James on behalf of myself and my good pal, Mark, Mike Bartner. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us and we will talk to you on the next Calgary flames game, which is a good reminder. I can tell you exactly when that is and who's going to be hosting game over Calgary. Um, it's going to be me on Monday night against the Seattle Kraken. No guest yet, but we'll work on that. Uh, no curse either. No, oh, frig. We'll see. I don't know. I it's been a bad curse uh, so far. I don't think I've I've recorded very many wins. But either way, we look to change the fortunes here on Game Over Calgary on Monday against the Kraken. Stay safe, friends. We will talk to you on Monday at the conclusion of Flames and Kraken. Adios. Game.